Welcome to the Recombobulator Lab with Jason Gramnai and Chris Dominic. Well, hello there. Hello. How are you doing, Jason? I'm very well. How are you, you doing? Really good. Hey, you want to see something super cool? I um, yeah, I got this. I got this thing in the mail from Alaska Airlines. It says it's backwards for you guys, but it says, "Thank you for sharing the journey with us since April 1, 1997." You know what that is? Whoa! You know what, what? that is? Do you ever see? You ever see that George Clooney movie where like he's just really, really trying to get the big mild thing? Yeah, up in the I, air. I am now a million miler. <gasps> yeah, I am. I'm George Clooney. All right, not really. What? But, <laughs> Yeah. Does that mean you fly free forever? What happens? It mean, no, it's not that good. It it just means that they um, basically treat you like you're a gold member forever, no matter what happens to you. So, yeah, that's incredible. So well, you, know, you, you can go into retirement and not get those miles anymore, and they still treat you well. So that's kind well, of nice, right? I want to work a segue in here. So since you've been flying, we used to be flying in airplanes where smoking was allowed, and now smoking is not allowed. And today we have Dr. Laura Crotty Alexander, just the idea, to talk about vaping, which is next generation smoking or the end of civilization as we know it. <laughs> How do I go? Is that okay? <laughs> that was close? slick. <laughs> that was pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, Jason. Laura, so you need so welcome. much accolades. Okay. Well, and I'm sorry. Welcome, yes. welcome, Laura. Welcome. Um, and she, she is the expert on vaping. So she's the associate professor in residence at the medicine of medicine at UC San Diego. Um, she's got undergraduate degrees in science and medicine from Duke. And she's also gone on to do a residency at Massachusetts General Hospital and a fellowship at Harvard. So she is the person to talk about all things vaping. And it's something that, um, Chris and I are very unqualified to talk about because I don't think either <laughs> of us have ever smoked. Is that right? So we're really looking to you, yeah. Laura. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, the, the, the big curiosity that comes up and the, the social issue that gets kicked around is basically this idea that, you know, is vaping good? Is it bad? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, well, so you'd see people like some people argue that it's one of those things that might help people stop smoking. But I'm I've always been sort of like, yeah, but what about the like? Isn't that what the patch is? And that what the isn't the gum? And then I don't know. And it it's just uh, one of the things that I'm just dumping right now. But just to give you yes. my own experience, that it's been so strange <laughs> is is the work that we do. I'm a jury consultant, and one of the things that we do is we do these mock trials and focus groups. And during that, during the pandemic, we were doing them all remotely. And one of the things that's really weird is to see somebody in a position where they're supposed to be like paying attention to a trial, but because the trial, or in this case the mock trial, is remote, they're sitting. You're watching them listening to these arguments from the lawyers, and they're vaping mm. on the camera. And wow, I get you think my initial reaction is like, oh wow, really? You know, because like you'd never be able to do that in court. But then I think, well, I guess he's at home. Right, but then right. the slippery slope is like, can he's just gonna have a cocktail? Like, I mean, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> so anyway, just, just it's oh, just so strange. And when you have got this great, yeah, I, I was gonna say he could have been vaping marijuana, and then like you know maybe the judge. Oh yeah, like that. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, that is amazing. Well, this topic really, really intrigues us because it's vaping's been given so many headlines lately. New Zealand has just announced a ban on tobacco for people born after 2008 
And it seems like we're just at a point where there were some impressive declines in regular tobacco smoking and then vaping comes along. So this is why one of the conversations... The other great data point from the FDA in a 2018 um, piece of research around teenagers... So more than 2 million middle and high school students use e-cigarettes and almost 85% of them use flavoured products. Mm. That's a 2021 National Youth Tobacco Survey from the FDA. So I'm super interested to understand, starting with the basics, Laura, because you're dealing with two people who have a very low understanding. What is vaping? How does it work? Where do they come from? And why? You have five minutes. Go. Okay. Got it. All right. All the, you just want to know that? Easy. <laughs> you guys don't ask for much, do you? Well, okay. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. Uh, no, I mean, it is my favorite topic. So thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I'll talk to anybody anywhere about e-cigarettes. Um so they were invented in the modern version in 2003 in China, and then they wow. entered the international mm. market in 2007. And really mm. interestingly, mm-hmm. they have evolved very rapidly. So in the beginning, they kind of looked like cigarettes. They were designed to be the same shape and size. Um, and then they evolved into bigger, colorful things, um, fate pens, uh, box mods. Mm. And then they evolved again. Uh, most of them now are like very sleek and look like USB drives um, or they have mm. just very unique shapes. It's made uh, studying them very difficult because they've evolved so much that when I started studying them in 2013, those e-cigarettes were very different than the e-cigarettes that are being used today. And the Mm. basics behind how they work is that it's a battery that's hooked up to a container of liquid, and that liquid has nicotine and then some vehicle chemicals to help that nicotine stay in solution and flavorant chemicals so that when you vape it, it tastes okay. And then the battery heats that up and then sort of pulls it through a mesh to turn it into an aerosol. And that's what people call vaping. Mm. Wow. Wow. And can, can I ask, what, what was China thinking in 2003? I mean, what's, what's happening there? What was the original yeah. idea? Absolutely. Uh, it was a pharmacist. His name is Han Leek, and his dad had smoked his whole life, had never been able to quit because it's one of the hardest addictions to break of all time. And he hmm. wanted to come up with something that would help people quit conventional tobacco. And so he designed this thing as a pharmacist, designed this drug delivery device to try and help people. Wow. So what do we know about the positive effects of vaping for smokers who want to transition away from tobacco? What, I mean, there's got to be some evidence on that one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. And I was glad you guys brought it up so quickly because I think a lot of us in the field like try and balance that. Like, you know, could this thing be helpful mm-hmm. and protect people from dying of lung cancer and heart attacks and strokes? <laughs> Um, and balancing that with all of our young people who are now becoming nicotine addicts because they're on the market. Mm. Um, the original mm-hmm. devices, as I mentioned, the ones that were created, um, you know, back in 2003, those were not helpful for smoking cessation at all. Um, so the studies that were done showed that they didn't help. Um, but the more modern e-cigarette, because it has a much higher concentration of nicotine, it has about, um, about 10 to 15 fold higher amounts of nicotine compared to the old versions. 
it is more helpful than the originals, but it's never mm. been proven to be more helpful than nicotine patches, nicotine gum, nicotine inhalers. Okay. That that's that seems intuitive, but you always want to know what the evidence is. Laura, we are an evidence based podcast. That is what we're trying to do. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I know <laughs> the, the scientists and the doctors we have on are always like, "Oh, that's so refreshing." Um, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I know. So, J- Jason, what yeah. what are your questions about the addictiveness of smoking tobacco? Well, I am a middle of a PhD, so I love reading people's PhD and. Um, research on stuff and you had a paper in 2021 around inflammatory phenotype modulation in the respiratory tract and systemic circulation of e-cigarette users it was a pilot study um, and it Mm -hmm. raised concerns that vaping may promote the development of both inflammatory and infectious diseases in chronic users of e-cigarettes is that does that then is that then does that end up as lung cancer for example or other afflictions what what's what happens there Yeah, great question. And that's exactly what I was trying to figure out doing that study. So we recruited Mm. a bunch of teenagers and young adults who had never been cigarette smokers, um, because it can be really tricky to tease out the e-cigarette effects if you already have Mm. the conventional tobacco effects already laid down. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was really nice to get these sort of ultra clean <laughs> subjects who had only ever vaped um, and then take these samples from them looking for um, changes that might herald um, the development of cancer and mm. uh, emphysema down the line. Um, what we found was that the e-cigarette vaping alters um, inflammation and likely the immune system across the body. So all the way down the airways. And then when we looked in the bloodstream, our immune cells that help us fight off bacteria, viruses, fungi, um, immune cells that help defend against cancer, those are altered by the, the vaping of nicotine. And so that was really scary. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. No. <laughs> We looked at some of those cells, we found DNA damage, which is one of the first things that happens on the way to cells becoming Mm. cancers. So that was really daunting for me. And that the inflammation we're seeing in the bloodstream, that's something that's been linked to all kinds of diseases across the body. So um, it wasn't great (laughs) finding those things. Wow. Okay, so... Oh, go ahead, Jerry. Sorry, sorry. How big was the pilot study? How many people did you write in there? Uh, for that one, we only had uh, 22 vapors and then 12 controls, so non-vapors, non-smokers. And it turns out that it was nigh impossible to find conventional tobacco smokers in that age group that didn't inhale anything else. Oh, and wow. so we could only get three of those. I mean, we're in San Diego, so it's always been like a low tobacco mm. use area. Yeah, but for sure. That's, yeah. That's interesting. That's amazing. So, and then just one. No, you one just, you just keep on going, Jason. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so interesting. <laughs> um, so, um, so is there just back to the basics? Can you fill that thing up, not with nicotine, but just with candy flavored bubble gum? And it's actually not a nicotine delivery device at all? Or does it, do they all have nicotine in them? That is a great question. Um, and it kind of reminds me of a story that I try and do outreach. So if middle schools, elementary schools, high schools, uh, parent teacher associations, if anybody asks me to come and talk, I do. 
And so I was talking at a middle school, and so there's these 30 kids there, and they're so cute and so young and so innocent, and I'm, like, telling them about e-cigarettes. And one of them comes up to me afterwards, I think he was, you know, like nine years old, and he asked if there was a safe e-cigarette that he could use that did not have nicotine because his cousins, like, were really pressuring him to vape, but he didn't want to become addicted. Um, so he was like, "Can't is there one out there that is just flavors so that I can vape that and these people will lay off the peer pressure? And unfortunately, I wow. told him, no, not really, because we have really? some really great chemists who've gone through and tested these e-liquids and e-cigarettes that say that they have no nicotine, and they all have nicotine. And it makes sense <laughs> from the capitalist perspective, because they want people addicted, so they'll keep buying the product. And if yeah, there's no nicotine, yeah. then they're not really going to get addicted. So it was, it was yeah, kind of a depressing finding. <laughs> wow. Well, okay, that's fascinating. Who owns the big vaping brands? Is it Big Tobacco? Uh, it's Big Tobacco. So okay. when about eight years ago, it was still like less than 50% were owned by Big Tobacco. Lots of small companies, but they were all eaten up. So now it's like well over 80% of them are owned by the Big Tobacco companies. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So it was like a, a bunch of uh, vaping startups that got um, – that got absorbed, basically. They got bought out. Okay. Wow. Cool. And, now, and one does, of those brands is Jewel. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that um, I recently did actually a podcast with some high schoolers um, from uh, southern <laughs> parts of San Diego. And they told me that at their high school, it's like at least 80% of the high schoolers vape. Um, 80? It's just, 80. And I've heard oh, that at man. other high schools as well. I mean, part of the problem mm. is our numbers lag behind by one to two years. So we don't know mm. that the rates have gone sky high until like, you know, it's too late. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like pretty bad news, though. I'm, I'm thinking specifically about the fact that when we were younger, there was a bunch of people who smoked, but it was still, I don't know, like, 10% of the high school, mm. 20 tops? I, I don't know. I agree. I it's think so part fun. of you it know, is my, yeah. people think that it's safe, and the kids really think right. that it's safe. Because it's not and safe. So they use it. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jason, in Australia, in, your, in high school, was there a lot of smokers or no? Uh, no, it was a, memorably, if you went behind the scoreboard of the rugby field, you could have a smoke, but yeah. uh, it was very difficult. Uh, memorably, someone in the boarding house was growing very good quality marijuana uh. in the guttering system, mm-hmm. taking advantage of the rain. They, they were inventive. Oh, that is smart. That is smart. It is, but because smoking gives off smoke, um, obviously <laughs> difficult. But now, you know, my second son just finished school, and he was saying this the other day, like the bathrooms just reek of the stuff. Oh, they yeah. reek of vape. Like I reckon 80%'s on the money. I reckon that's pretty – I reckon that's totally plausible. Wow. Okay. It is crazy. So yeah. you're you're getting the um, jewel, Jason. That is kind of fascinating. Yeah. JWL that's the brand of vape in the US. JWL. JWL. Yeah. Yep. They were they were banned last year. Why was that brand banned and others not? What do you think? It is a really complex story and uh, nobody really knows except for the FDA, but I can give you some of the mm. the thoughts people have had. Um, so Your speculation is, is better than our speculation. So. 
<laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, the FDA was like uh, going through about 5,000 applica- applications for being able to sell e-cigarettes mm. on the market. And they have, um, you know, banned slash turned down several applications already, but they let a lot of them through to market as well. Um, and then the jewel was a big story because, of course, they are the ones that have had the vast majority of lawsuits for um, advertising in such a way that it was advertising to children, teenagers, women, everybody, and getting mm-hmm. them hooked. So when they were banned, you know, it was notable. People took note. And so if you look through the paperwork, it looks like the FDA did find some discrepancies in some of their studies that they had submitted, um, that something about some of their chemicals and their research was um, worrisome. And that's about all we know. Um, so it's unclear okay. if they had like, if there was something really different about the Juul application versus the other ones. But okay, so this is interesting though, because since you just told us that some of the studies, and I realize that there's probably a lot of research that still needs to be done, but if there are some studies that are suggesting that there is DNA being compromised and uh, cancer cells that are uh, being allowed to run free, I'm, I'm of course that's hyperbole. But the idea is like if you're seeing some cellular breakdown like that as a result of vaping, that that would be kind of a big alarm, I would think. I mean. I agree. <laughs> um, but truthfully, like, I mean, wasn't one of the first studies I did with a collaborator, Wegon Kecko, um, we found double stranded DNA breaks and that was nine years ago. And multiple other groups have found wow. DNA damage. Um, but it, I think part of it comes back to for adults who are going to make choices, like, I want them to be informed of the dangers as much as we can, but it's going to come down to if they're going to drink alcohol. Yeah. We know that there's bad stuff. If they're going to drink, if they're going to smoke conventional tobacco, you know, as long as they're informed, like they, they choose to do those things. And that's how I feel about e-cigarettes. It's like, I want adults to have as much information as we can to warn them. I don't want them to think it's safe, Mm -hmm. but for people who are not adults, um, you know, how to protect them um, from these addictive devices. Well, from mm. my uh, perspective, the, the messaging on this stuff is always kind of interesting, right? So the one of the things that was so effective about uh, cigarette black box warnings and all that is that at, at first they started off very techno-speaky. They're very wonky, right? And they had all this, here are all the things that could possibly happen to you that none of you know what it means. And then... <laughs> Like now, you'll see things on cigarettes that say things like, every cigarette makes you sick. And I think, oh, that's probably about what it takes to get the message across. Well, you I know, mean, it, yeah. yeah, no. What do you, what do you got, well, Jason? Australia pioneered the black box, right? We pioneered yeah, that I didn't messaging. Know that. We're so dumb, or we, oh, we went so direct. We didn't have words. We just had the photo of the guy with lung cancer dying in a hospital bed. I mean, these images are terrifying. Or the, there's a photo of a good lung and a bad lung. Like, we can't read anymore. We need um, emojis. Um, but you it's know, terrifying. That might be more effective, though. Yeah. The yeah. more I'm thinking about it, like, I think, mm. I think we might need to go that direction. We I don't, we, honest, we don't have words. We just have terrifying images. The other thing is that a box of cigarettes in Australia, 25 cigarettes, how much would that cost, do you think? In US dollars, what do you think? Well, it's, it's pretty taxed up now. I mean... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But I it's thirty thirty five US dollars. Okay. Wow. Okay. Which is 
Yeah. Are you talking a about lot. a pack or a carton? No, no, no. A packet of 12. Oh, of 12? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, yeah. Uh, it's full on. That's expensive. That's crazy. Okay, so it's not banned in Australia. It, did you say it's banned in New Zealand now? It's a very interesting New wow. Zealand initiative. They're banning cigarettes for all people born after 2008, and they are taking the 6,000 retailers of cigarettes and taking away 90% of those stores' licenses to sell cigarettes. It's wow. fascinating. Wow. Like, That's amazing. Um, is, yeah. it, is the justification, look, our health system isn't going to tolerate this? Like, we, we have no reason to, to put up with this anymore? Well, is it because we, or what is it? I, yeah, and particularly indigenous um, Maori Islander um, populations who are a big part of New Zealand, they are particularly addicted. They are particularly oh. heavy smokers. You know, they're trying it's to do shame. that. It's yeah. really tragic. But I think, um, uh, it's going to be a really interesting thing to see how, how that rolls out. Also, it came in under the Jacinta Ardern left-leaning socialist government, and she's just stepped down. I saw that. And it will be interesting as they go into an election, if the um, if the right wing of politics ends up um, winning, that ban might be lifted, which is sort of right. fascinating philosophical thing around choices and information it's funny i want to go back to one thing on communication because this conversation you've spoken about e-cigarettes and i keep talking about vaping and the language is interesting because if i ground myself in this as an e-cigarette my immediately it's like it's just as bad as every other cigarette it's just delivered through a battery whereas vaping somehow makes it different and maybe not as dangerous. Right. Know, it's, just, it's so interesting i think you're absolutely Did you right you use the word and, e-cigarette and- intentionally Yes. I mean, I always call them electronic cigarettes or Mm -hmm. e-cigarettes, and and that covers all of the different devices that are out there. Um, But some people do call them vaping devices, vaping pens, um, but they call them box mods. Um, So there's lots of terminology. And actually, we're actively recruiting to do another human subject study. So we've recruited like over 50 people. And that's one thing that my coordinators keep coming back to me. Uh, They use the the subjects use very different terminology than we use. And -hmm. so it's hard to communicate with them when we're asking how many pods do they use or what's their concentration of nicotine. Um, So knowing the vaping lingo um is important and i think you really hit on it that these you know companies who make these they probably studied this and you know what to call them that will be most appealing to the consumers i think that's a great point well once you take away the word cigarette now it's something else right yeah it's very yeah, interesting. Like jeweling. So people yeah. who use jewels, they refer to it as jeweling. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's like they're bejeweled suddenly. There's a jewels right? coming all out of them. <laughs> they're just spelled differently. They're, wow. That's they're bedazzled. So, hey, yeah. Jason, did you ever see growing up, did, they, did this make it to uh, Australia, the Yule Brenner PSA after he died? Yeah. Did you ever see that? Do you yeah, remember whatever it? You, whatever you do, don't smoke. Yeah, that's right. That's what he said. Yeah. Now that I, I think yeah. he said, now that I'm gone. Uh, yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the part that really, I remember what, the first time I saw I got a chill because I he's mm. like, oh, it's a dead guy talking to me. It's like, now that I'm <laughs> gone, I've just got something for you. Like, don't smoke. It's a bad idea. Um, what do we – what do you think of that, Jason? Like, was that effective in in Australia or was it like, who's this guy? 
I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. He was very well known and it was super effective. And my generation could all could all quote him in his not perfect English, whatever you do, don't smoke mm-hmm. thing. I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think PSAs can be very effective. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of. It's it's taxpayer dollars trying to save people from really bad decisions. <laughs> so um, I don't know for you, Laura. If you were the FDA or you were the regulator in the US, what's the what are we? What's the plan? Free reign, ban. Yeah, what do we do? What do we do, Laura? What do we do? How do we oh, how do you save the world, yikes. Laura? No <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is what we do. All right. I have about fifty steps. Let's start start at step one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, a couple. Gotta start of things. somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. So one thing, as we've talked about, what makes these things appealing? Uh, one of the big appealing things are the flavors. So the mint and mango and um, bubble gum and cotton candy and creme brulee. So these flavors are one of the big drivers behind um, lots of people um, starting to use these devices. And in particular, one of the bad, bad parts is that the companies know what groups of people, what at-risk people are more likely to pick. So women and children Mm -hmm. usually pick sweet or minty flavors. Um, The black community uh, tends to pick mint uh, or menthol flavors. So, you know, they definitely target people in that way. And the first step Mm. I would do if I was in charge would be to get rid of all flavors except for tobacco. I think a second step would be to drop the nicotine concentration because, the reason mm. the new e-cigarettes, you know, are considered much more addictive than the original ones is because they're allowed to have this very high concentration. And the U.S. is actually one of the places that allows the highest amount of nicotine at 59 milligrams mm-hmm. per mil, whereas the U.K. has a 20 milligram per mil limit. And that might be mm. one reason that they don't have the child, the children and teenager surge that we see in the U.S. And question for you, Jason, wow. is um, I heard that in Australia, they're technically not allowed to sell any e-cigarettes with nicotine. Yeah, that's what they're saying. And I'm so confused. Uh, they're selling something at the back of some of these 7-Eleven type stores. I'm so confused what they're selling because I yep. think the story I was told is, oh, no, there's no nicotine in them. Oh, uh, right. Because they've got some supplier that tells them that's true. Yeah. So they, they, it gets them around the law, but the reality, because, you know, you, you don't have like Laura who can be like, I'll test it for you. Um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, how do they know? Right. I mean, yeah. that's, that's really Absolutely. interesting. And then also you can, although order now that them. the secret's out, Jason, you can just tell your, <laughs> I know. your, your local, government guy uh, i just Gail. spoke to laura i spoke to laura you're in big trouble laura i want to understand though um so um you might get a call from the australian government um it could, it could happen it could happen um can i just be clear though so the 59 milligrams per mil that amount of nicotine is that more or less than in a regular cigarette it's more than in a regular cigarette um and it helps me to oh, really wow. understand like when i put them side by side so if you know what a jewel looks like and a jewel pod mm-hmm. is a very small mm-hmm. rectangular pod that pod contains the equivalent of a whole pack of cigarettes worth of nicotine 
um, the oh, form. And how long does it? How long does it last? It depends you know, on how much like you how use many, it. So when I ask, yeah, well, you okay. How so how many? How many? How many hits are in it? I guess is what I'm trying to figure out. Like, so is it ten? It depends is it twenty? On how is you it thirty? It? I don't know. But some people yeah, okay. smoke vape two to five pods per day. So that's the equivalent of smoking oh. two to five packs <laughs> of cigarettes per day oh, in terms of nicotine intake. Oh, man. That's like full on like wow. Navy sailor from World War II kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, uh, right. Oh, my gosh. That's And nuts. I think part that's, of it is wow. if people don't know that because that's not put on any of the labeling, you know, it's not put on – any of the websites that's something only those of us who are obsessed with e-cigarettes know wow that's... well hey we're, i'm realizing we're getting close here so i gotta ask you the the hammer question that we ask everybody which is if you had a myth to debunk about this subject and you've already debunked a few so i may have like you know but you got another one for us like is there something people should know Absolutely. Um, I hear a lot from people that it's just water vapor. Um, and that's why it's like healthy and clean and safe is that they've taken everything out that's bad. And it's just like nicotine and water. And it is absolutely not. Um, there tend to be around 60 to 120 chemicals in any um, puff uh, that you take off of e-cigarettes. Um, and that there's known carcinogens, there's lots of toxins in there. It's a pure chemical cloud. That's the myth that I would debunk. It's, there's no water in it at all. Wow. Wow. That is a mind blower. And I'm so glad you told me that because now I've got that in my back pocket the next time somebody's yeah. like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and here's the best part. When I tell them, I learned this uh, from Dr. Crotty Alexander at UCSD. When we had, they're going to go, yeah, sure, pal. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so, but, but it's true. So, okay. Well, listen, this has been incredibly uh, enlightening. I'll tell you just a thought on the language piece. E-cigarette, much more honest than vape for sure. Mm. But I'm almost now that you've told me what it is. It's almost like you need a, a more truthful word like it's a super cigarette or a maxi a, cigarette or a, it's a, a, death a neutron. Yeah. It's a, it's a oh, I machine. like it. It's, it's a, a death machine. machine. Yeah. It's like a, you know how like uh, cigarettes were coffin nails, right? Yeah. Co- yeah. They're, they're, right. So this could be like a, this is like a nuclear nail or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. Just I something tells me that the companies, if any of the, uh, the, the big companies are listening to this, they're going to be pretty unhappy with us. Mm-hmm. But that's, <laughs> That's the fun thing True. about being an independent podcast. Well, listen, Dr. Crotty Alexander, Laura, thank you so much for spending your time with us. Uh, that was incredibly enlightening. Jason, have you learned a few things? I've learned so much, Laura. Thank you so much. I feel well-armed and well-educated now, so that's great. And as I mentioned, you'll get a call from the Australian Prime Minister shortly. Um, enjoy that Excellent. conversation. You need to be part of our advisory committee on this because it's crazy. And as you mentioned, in Sydney and New South Wales, they're selling them in the black market, and it's terrible. So, yes, this is me wow. inviting you to Australia. Come on down, Laura. Come on. Fantastic. Ooh. I'll be there. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been really fun. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, it's Laura. great talking with you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us at the Recombobulator Lab with Chris Dominic and Jason Graham-Nine. Catch you next time.